Drew McDaniel looked really good Saturday. I loved what I saw out of Gunner Friday night. He was absolutely dealing out there. Today was a day that Ole Miss lost, and John Rice Plumley played. So I don't know what game you were watching. I, did, did you see JRP in there, Cody? Like he's so good behind the plate, you can't move him. So we get surprise, Louisiana Tech. If I'm if I'm given the option of two wins, I'm taking the two baseball wins and just losing that NIT game. Let's put Stansbury right next to Ole Miss, and then if they win, let's give them a chance to play Mississippi State. Number one overall seed in the tournament, baby. We did it. Howdy. Welcome to the Bait Shack Podcast, presented by hashtag come to the shack. Your home for freshwater fishing tips, grumblings from the grove, big game banner, and all the chum you can feed on regarding University of Ole Miss Athletics. We're coming to you from the Land Shark Lounge on Lake Sardis. So grab a cold one, sit back, and reel in the Bait Shack cast. Welcome to episode 38 of the Bait Shack. We've got a busy weekend to unpack and a busy week ahead of us. We've got Randy tonight, Cody, and we're coming off of a loss today in the, se- in the series finale against ULM. The Rebs won the first two, and we'll just jump straight into the baseball talk. Uh, series win, looked really good day one on Friday and Saturday. Had late come from behind, walk-off home run, and then today just kind of got outplayed, outcoached. Um, a lot of small ball from ULM, a lot of bunts, stolen bases, just kind of doing what they do. Ole Miss wasn't ready for it. So... A little uh, disappointing, but you still get the series win and uh, have to look forward into this next week. Got SEC playing. SEC play starting next week. But uh, this weekend, what did you guys like? Um, Obviously, we didn't like today, but before that, what did we like? You know, we saw Elko still hit fire. We saw Graham still looking really good. Um, So go ahead and lead us off, Randy. Yeah, I liked what I saw at a Hoagland on Friday night. Um, I know that's, that's kind of stating the obvious over this past weekend, but... He gave you six really strong innings. He gave you 14 strikeouts, which I mean, that's dominant. That's domination from Gunner, from Gunner there. Um, I, I was at that game early in the game. We were just counting off strikeouts to start. I think he had six to start those first two innings, and I think he had eight in the third. And it looked like he was going to you know, give you one of these really good performances where he puts up double-digit strikeouts, and he did. He was very aggressive uh, early in the count especially. He was throwing strikes. He was getting ahead of batters things that you want to see your Friday night guy do. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, ULM's not that good. Well, I mean, you were really close to losing the series to him. And two, I just want to see that type of consistency and that kind of play out of, you know, against anybody. Hoagland's been your best pitcher by far all season. Um, and he continues to do so even on a Friday night. Now, Bianco said after the game that they were going to keep him on Friday nights even after Doug comes back. I assume they're going to move Doug to Saturday, and they're going to put... I would like to see McDaniel on Sunday rather than Derek Diamond. He's struggled a little bit here. Um, but I liked what I saw at Hoagland. You know, the offense continued to play really well, especially Friday night. Saturday, Saturday they were fine. They had to rely on a late home run from Graham. And then today, Sunday, when we were recording third game, it wasn't great, but at the same time, like... It wasn't awful. They were hitting balls hard. They were hitting flyouts. They just weren't hitting home runs, which is what you're used to. Um, and it's like Cody said earlier before we started recording, we had more hits than ULM did today. ULM just, 
they feasted off of that small ball. They feasted off of errors. They feasted off of being aggressive and forcing those errors. So I'm not taking just a ton from this loss. It sucked. The team looked really bad. I don't think it's indicative of the entire season. But, you know, I think the strong point from the past weekend, Elko played really great too. So, I mean, Elko and Hoagland, those are my two stars of the weekend. Yeah, today it's kind of bad. You just saw a lot of that small ball, and I think the word I was using for it was rattled. You saw, of all people, uh, Hayden Dunhurst, he just, after he dropped third strike and he throws the third, I think at that point in the fourth inning, we just kind of gave it away, and things just fell apart. And I think it started with him, and then the rest of the team kind of looked apart too. So it's one of those games where we beat ourselves, I think. I don't really think ULM was a better team necessarily. We still did enough offensively, I think, to win, but we just gave them runs. And we struggled with bunts a lot. I don't know what it is. I hope, you know, Mike, I'm sure, is going to hit on it. But UCF bunted very successfully against us, and ULM is too. And um, it's a lot of, I don't know, mental mistakes today that need to get ironed out for SEC play. Yeah, you would much rather prefer this happen this weekend than next. Um, you would like to be able to go into Sunday against Auburn, you know, looking for a sweep and then not – just shit the bed, for better words. Um, you know, like you said, ULM, they're a very aggressive team. They they run, they run, steal a lot. They attempt to steal a lot. They love that little delay steal when you got man, man on first and third. And, you know, it was miserable to watch because it worked. But at the same time, like, I tip my hat. And, you know, it's great coaching. Federico, I mean, to be honest, he kind of outcoached Bianco there in the last game. And... It just looked a lot better. They were very aggressive. They forced errors. And if I'm a small team, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I agree pretty much with everything y'all said. ULM kind of went out there with that uh, nothing-to-lose mentality, and they kind of pretty much it was one of those two games where they just beat us in that one inning. But I loved what I saw out of Gunner Friday night. He was absolutely dealing out there. I liked seeing Chatagnier go out there and go three for four on his first night back, bring that energy back into the lineup. And, of course, Tim Elko still on fire, and we got Kevin Graham catching fire at a good time. Uh, Drew McDaniel looked really good Saturday, I thought, which is good to see. Four hits, almost finished into the – almost got through the six. Um, no walks, five strikeouts. I liked what I saw from him on, on Saturday. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he earned himself a Sunday starter job. Um you know, he, he's played really well in the innings they've given him. And on Saturday, he looked really solid. Like you said, you know, it kind of fell apart a little bit there at the end, but I don't really blame him for that. You know, he was going a little longer than he probably should have. But, you know, a great outing from him. It just so happened that the Rebs won the game because of Kevin Graham. But, you know, I think I think he's earned himself the right to say that he deserves to be in the weekend rotation. Are you taking him out for Diamond? I'm taking Diamond out and putting McDaniel in, yeah. I'm putting Diamond back in the bullpen for right now. Interesting. I think he's just right. struggling. I, I, he's not lived up to expectations. He has played really poorly for, to me. I either put him in the bullpen or I let him do some midweeks. But I think I put McDaniel there on Sundays. Um, you know, something I think we kind of missed on this too. Think about this. You know, Nikhazy goes out with an injury, and they move Hoagland up to Friday. Why didn't they move Diamond up to Saturday? Right. You would think they just push both starters up and then put McDaniel on Sunday, 
they didn't do that. And so that kind of tells me they're a little worried about Diamond. And it also tells me, you know, Diamond did struggle on some short rest earlier this year, but he had full rest today, and he still struggled. You know, first time through the lineup, looked okay. Second time through the lineup, they were teeing off a little bit, and they were getting aggressive and forcing him to make mistakes, and he did. Well, that'll be something to watch moving forward for Auburn. Um, I'll be I'll be kind of surprised if he does it, but I mean McDaniel has looked great this year, so I won't hate it. Um, I'm a, I'll be surprised if Mike makes any type of changes like that, just because that's how Mike is. But I think that's what I would do. Now I'm not the coach, and maybe that maybe Mike will prove why I'm not the coach. But that's just my personal opinion of what I would be doing. How about Greer Holston on Friday night? Nice little yeah. outing on a weekend where, I mean, half the bullpen was giving up runs. Greer Holston didn't. <laughs> he, he didn't. Nice to he, see that. It, it almost looked like, what, 2017 when Greer first got here? Um, yeah. You know, it was a little throwback to that team, and it was good to see. I want to see a good year out of Greer. He's been through a lot his time here at Ole Miss. He's dealt with a lot of injuries and some mental things going on. I'd love to see him, can, you know, bounce back a little bit and have a great year. Tyler Myers also looks like he's starting to get back into form. He does. He struggled a little hair today, and I'm not even going to hold it against him, but he, he does look better. Well, on that note, Taylor Broadway, we haven't worried a little bit about that? I'm not at all. I think it was a bad outing. Just isolated incident? Yeah, I don't think, I don't, I'm not holding that against him. Because I know he's looked a little rocky in some of his starts and that, or some of his appearances, and then today didn't look good. I mean, he gave the one run to Belmont. So the last two a little concerning, but... I think we'll see not, a little more fire out of him this weekend. Yeah, not yet. You know, get to me next weekend. If he struggles again, I might change my opinion there. But right now, I'm not worried about him, no. Did we see Chofi at all this weekend? He's injured. Oh, okay. he, he's out with an injury. He's got a meniscus injury. Um, and then, so we can hit on the lineup a little bit before we go into look at Louisiana Tech. Um, from now, for right now, what it looks like is that we're struggling to find a consistent DH option of all positions. The DH is what we're struggling with. And then kind of DH first base. We got some life out of Ben Van Cleef today, so that was good to see. I believe he had three hits, kind of the hard <laughs> Moving the offense a little bit by himself there for a little while. Uh, Kale Baker, been looking terrible. I mean, we haven't seen it. He had that big hit Friday, which was nice. But after that, a lot of nothing, more strikeouts. Gets on base for you. You know, he still has good on base percentage. But that's pretty much about your, all you're seeing out of him. Um, LaFleur isn't really hitting the hell out of the ball either. So, I guess ride with BBC for now, but I don't know. Do you want to see some more? I mean, we saw Calvin Harris yesterday for DH. Do you want to see some more switching up there for DH? I mean, who else are you putting there? Like, like I'm not putting Plumley there. And well, like I just said, you got Calvin Harris as an option. We did, yeah, he didn't perform well, but a lot of people are wanting uh, Trey Lafleur. I, yeah, I haven't seen I enough know. out of him to really want him. Y'all need to stop I, with the Trey Lafleur stuff, please. I don't think any of the options right now are great. Um, I think I think Van Cleve figured thing, figures things out. We saw a little bit of that today. I think of the options, I just play him and see if he figures it out because I don't think there's another option. I mean, 
I think Mike's really trying to get the Van Cleve and Baker to work out because I think he's expecting a lot. And if those do work out, that that lineup is lethal. I mean, mm-hmm. Cody and I were talking about it earlier. Leatherwood and your nine hole, that's just that's disgusting for an opposing pitcher. That's terrible for them. And But the problem is, is your six, seven, eight's been soft. And it's because of Kalen, you know, Van Cleve. Yeah, and Van Cleve looked much better today, so that's good. But. I I mean, I think, and I think Van Cleve's my answer because they've tried out four guys. Van Cleve has, I don't even want to say looks the best out of all four because they're not any of them. None of them are performing great. I think he's looked better than the other guys. And I also just don't think you have very many options. I mean, I guess you could put Garrett Wood there, but that doesn't excite me any. And I don't think he's long-term DH. I'm not putting Plumlee there. Um, I was going to say, with, with Van Cleve, though, I'd just be careful because it might be recency bias. He was under 200 for most of the season. He doesn't really have any extra base hits. Yeah, That's no. That's my only concern with him. Yeah, I'm not saying he's played great either. I mean, today he played good, and I'm not – I don't even really count today because it was one game. And so, I don't know. None of the options are great. You, you don't have many options. I'm not putting Gunnar Hoagland at DH or some dumb shit like that. Um, F- FYI, though – Today was a day that Ole Miss lost, and John Rice Plumley played. So we can stop this. Ole Miss is undefeated with John Rice Plumley in the lineup. Well, I don't I, know what I, game you were watching. I, did, did you see JRP in there, Cody? No, he pitched. He, he pitched. He pitched right. I, I didn't see him play. I don't. I don't I'm think gonna, that's true. I'm gonna He's have to tweet. I'm gonna have to tweet out the official box score now. <laughs> Photoshop. You know, you guys know Randy's really good at Photoshop. So yeah, I wouldn't buy that. Right now, I'm kind so, of upset about the whole Kemp Alderman being red-shirted. Would love to have seen him thrown in there. Say so the fact that we need another bat kind of makes you wonder: Do you want to see some Kemp Alderman, but he's red-shirted? Makes me makes me wonder how bad he looked in the off-season. Yeah. If it, I mean, if these are your options, and you're still telling Kemp like, "Hey, take this red shirt," good lord, <laughs> what did you look like in the off-season, man? Yeah, there really isn't another option, though. I guess you keep trying LaFleur and you tried McCants. Yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> I think I I think I try Baker. I, I mean, not Baker, excuse me, Van Cleve. I'm getting the big men mixed up. Um, well, I know, but then you still have first base or DH. I mean, you got one of those that are open then. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, somebody's got to play first base. I, I mean, I'm tired. I don't really. What I'm saying is, I don't know that I want to keep seeing Kale Baker and Van Cleve in there because for most of the season. They've, they've been struggling. I, I really so want my, I really want McCants to work out in left field because I loved having him out there and Graham on first because Graham's not good in outfield. He's McCants has actually looked decent. Graham is serviceable in outfield, but he's not good. Yeah, Graham made a bad read Friday night because yeah. I was his reads his reads are bad. <laughs> I was I was sitting in section O and that's pretty much left field, and they hit that ball down the line and I saw him making his angle. And as soon as he started running, I thought he's gonna he ain't catching this. That's not the right angle. And then you look, and he starts turning back, and you're like, oh, yep, that really wasn't the right angle. <laughs> like that was a really bad read there. His arm isn't good either. Yeah, I I think at first you've you've got to try something because Baker's not a good first baseman, and he can't hit. And I don't know. I like Lafleur at first. I just don't like Lafleur's bat. Which, <laughs> Which that's an awful combination for first base. You can't play defense or hit. Yeah, you, you, you're not playing. You're not playing at that point. I like McCants and left. I kind of like that idea. 
It's a good left-handed bat you have, and he's his slash is decent. He doesn't have the slugging percentage, but everything else looks, for what we've had there, pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. If it, I'd like to see a little more offense out of him, but yeah, he's pretty good defensively. That, that Friday night lineup was probably my favorite of the year. Yeah, Friday I think is with the same one we did use today. And today's, I didn't think it was terrible today. It's just that the pitching made it look like we were struggling, and then, of course, we were trying to play home run ball after the fourth, so... Uh, well, yeah, and Dunhurst looked pretty bad today. He had a bad game. Let's, you know, let's be honest. Let's actually criticize Hayden Dunhurst, who I hate. First time all year. Yeah, first first time since he's been here, really. Yeah, you know, he's really be, been let's solid. Let's be honest. That kid's really good. He's a, he's a future MLB player, and so Hayden, you're not you're not you're not avoiding criticism forever. We're going to criticize you today. You made some poor decisions today. Throwing to third was a poor decision. I I do think I, I look. I'm about to give him benefit of the doubt too. That's how good this dude is. I do think he didn't know that it was a strikeout because they didn't signal strikeout for a good bit. I think he thought it I was, was a ball. That too. I think he thought it was a ball or a foul tip. I don't think he thought it was a strikeout, and so he threw to third and then realized his mistake. Um, that wasn't good. He struggled on blocking some balls too. He let a few balls get behind him that he really shouldn't have, and some of his throws today were just a little off, but. You know, I, I don't, that's not, a, I'm not worried about Dunhurst. Like, everyone's allowed to have bad games. This, him included. I think he went 0 for 4 from the plate, too. Like, I don't think he got a hit. Um, let's see, 0 for 4, only one strikeout, okay. Yeah, yeah, he, he didn't, he didn't really, I don't think he had a really good weekend, actually. Mm, yeah, no. 1 for 5 yesterday and 1 for 4 on Friday. He just he didn't really have a good weekend for once. Struck out twice on Friday after we mentioned he'd only struck out once all year. Yeah, he took a step back this weekend. And again, my thing, though, is he's so damn good. Like, I'm not even – like, if you get anything offensively from him, it's just extra. Like, he's so good behind the plate, you can't move him. And so if he hits 100, he's still in the lineup because he has to catch. So yeah. I mean, if the cat hits two twenty, that's just you got what you got. I mean, it's not great, but you take it. Yeah. And speaking of lineups, um, when there's a lefty in the lineup, or when there's a lefty throwing for the other team, Mike's gonna do what Mike's gonna do, and that's play Kale Baker and Ben Van Cleve probably. More importantly, that he's not gonna play McCants or Lafleur. So like, people are freaking out every time that you see Kale Baker in the lineup. Blah blah. And like like I said, two lefties this weekend against. ULM, we're bound to see Kale Baker. Just what Mike's going to do. He's playing the, st- the numbers and playing, managing, and everything. Baseball, it's, he likes getting his righty-lefty-righty-lefty. Righty, that's how he does it. So Yeah, I, I don't know why people were bitching about lineups because he literally has always switched the lineups up, like always. Yeah, it's what it's been. Every single time it's a lefty, it's, it's what you're going to see. You know, speaking of lefties, we're, we're seeing Kevin Graham hit lefties a lot better than he has in the past. Yeah, and... He macked that guy today. He did, I, and I think you know he's got to stay. I mean, of course he's staying in the lineup, but him hitting, him hitting left-handers, that's big. You need that. You needed that last year. You really need it this year. He's that extra pop. I mean, that home run he hit Saturday, that was electric. He didn't hit it a mile, but off the bat, because I was in left field that game, off the bat I knew it was gone. But then you saw it go over the wall, and it didn't go very far over it. But he was hitting lefties really well. You know, today he hit he hit off the lefty really well. If he can continue doing that, he's dangerous and deserves to be in that three or four hole at some point. Speaking of the ball jumping off the bat, that Tim Elko home run. 
<laughs> Holy shit. I don't think I've ever seen a ball jump off a bat like that. You're talking about the one today, Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. one that went to, like, the probably the last terrace in the left field. Ole Miss said that ball that went 404 feet. There's no chance it went 404 feet. That thing was like 430. He yeah. roped that ball. Yeah. That was at the top of the terraces. I've never seen yeah. it there. That was in the grills, like over in left yeah. field. That was a long ball. And the second uh, he made contact with that, I just looked at it. I was like, holy shit, that thing jumped off. I've, I've never seen one do it like that before. Dude's got some I was, power. I was standing... Um, Friday night, I had got up and was going down to grab a beer from the sta- from the concessions, and I was standing in the concession stand, which is kind of like over the visiting dugout. And as I was in line, I was watching him bat, and it's when he hit his grand slam. And that grand slam ball, that thing left the bat quick, like that. It came off the bat, and I went, "Oh shit!" Like that's gone. <laughs> like that was another no doubter. I think that was the one that was the opposite field. I yeah. saw that one, and it's just immediately was like, oh, that's gone. Like, yep. the way he hits it, just they're, they're all no doubters, it seems like. I, as soon as he hit it, I, I went, gone, and just was like, holy crap, that ball was hit a mile. And it doesn't go as far as you think it does, but it still goes really far. Like, it just, it, the way it jumps off the bat, you think, that's 500 feet. Like, that is mashed. Yeah. And last year, God, last year, I, I want to say it was Elko. Correct me if I'm wrong. I was at the game. I think it was him. Hit one over the batter's eye against yeah, Princeton. That was, that was yep. okay. That's yeah. the longest home run I've ever seen in Swayze. Like, yeah. that was a low home run. <laughs> and he's continuing this power, and it's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, you know, he struggled the first five games of the season, but he's really picked it up. And I'm going to give credit to the mustache. The mustache he's got, A, solid mustache. B, got a lot of power behind it. Makes me want to go back to my mustache. So we win the series, drop the drop the Sunday game. Uh, but overall, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, the ranked teams in the SEC, pretty much everyone lost a game in their series. Um, Florida lost one. Vanderbilt lost one. State, Arkansas. Um, South Carolina actually got swept by Texas. So it sucks for them. Uh, so not like we're really losing any ground. Um probably stay at four again but looking forward we've got louisiana tech this week two game in ruston a little road trip for the rebs and uh speaking of lineups I, th- I feel like we'll see maybe some different lineups this game for these games um i'm not positive but i think louisiana tech does kind of pitch by committee just use their bullpen pitchers i don't think they have like a solid weekday guy so it's not going to matter if it's a righty or a lefty, I would think, for Mike. So hopefully maybe we'll see some more McCants, some other guys uh, in the lineup there. But main thing I noticed with them, very sound offensively. They uh, bring back pretty much their entire offense from last year. was the top of the conference USA. They've got three all-conference guys, all seniors, a lot of kind of senior leadership. They're veterans. Um, and then they have the conference USA player of the year. Um I forget what his name was, but he's having a down year right now. I know that. Um, Parker Bates, I think it was. So it's going to be offen- a lot of offense from them, I think. They'll just need some sound, some better pitching. But we should be able to get on their pitchers. You know, we should be able to run it up a little bit. Yeah, they had a good, a decent weekend against Arkansas. They ended up taking the last game against Arkansas. Almost won the series. Yeah, almost won the series. I was about to say, they, they played well. They sh- really should have won the series. And well, They won on Sunday. 
they look they look decent. They're not a rollover. They're better than ULM, and you know. Oh yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you don't slump against them during a midweek. Uh, you know, I think like you said, try some things out. This is your last. Well, it's not your last midweek, but it's like your last game before a conference series. See what you see what you got. I mean, if you if you if you want Hoagland to take some hacks or McKaysey, I know he's hurt. Maybe don't have him do it, but. <laughs> You know, Hoagland or like um, we have some other pitchers that can hit. I mean, Trey Lafour is technically a pitcher slash hitter, um, but let some, let some guys take some hacks. You know, see if, see what happens. If you lose, you lose. It sucks. You shouldn't lose, but you know it's like that. Well, they're not they're not bad. I mean, they were they're picked third in the conference USA preseason, um, right behind Southern Miss, and I forget who the team ahead of them is, but they're you know they put up a lot of runs this year they, they score a lot it's just hopefully you know we can keep up with them we weren't able to today i don't i don't necessarily want to drop any more midweeks if we can help it this early on or out of conference i should say yeah i don't and i'm not saying i want to lose or i want to like play around with it too much but this is kind of your last chance to experiment with a few things and really you're not going to experiment with much you're not going to figure much out in two games but if you want to try a lineup change for the two games this is your chance to do it. So, who do you think the mid or who do you think is going to start? Because we got two this week and we can't use McDaniel. Or I would uh, assume we don't use McDaniel. I mean, Kimbrel pitched today. So, when are when are the games against Louisiana Tech? Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. Is okay. It, I guess I don't, I'm not sure. 100. I mean, Mallets. Mallets didn't play all weekend. I guess he he's one of them. So who's she? Yeah, then who's the second one? I mean, you got some guys out there that didn't pitch, but I don't know how good they are. I mean, you got Cody Adcock out there. You got the Luke Baker and Cole Baker. If Kimbrel can go, you go Kimbrel. But you could go Brandon Johnson. Like, I mean, he didn't, play, he didn't play that much either. The la- the last name of Baker on this team is just bad all the way around. <laughs> right? Now. Look, yeah. Look, I'm not saying they're good options. I'm saying they're arms. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just laughing because it's like. Cole Baker, 9 ERA. Luke Baker, 12 ERA. Kale Baker, 206. Like, just, it's, ter- it's terrible all around. Yeah, throw Wes Burton <laughs> yeah. out there and let him get several innings. Yeah. He's kind of looked not good this I year. I know. Yeah, he, he's hunted or die struggling a little bit. Um, you know, I would like, I don't know. Mal- Malice is definitely one of them because he didn't pitch all weekend, and he started a midweek this week, last week. Yeah, do, last week. Do we give Greer Holston another chance? I mean, it's it's like a year and a week or two since we did it last year. It's a bit, it's... We saw how it worked out last year. <laughs> he didn't get out of the first inning. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, I mean, look, if if it comes down to it, if 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 I'm giving the Baker boys or I'm giving Greer, hell, I go Greer. Like, I probably would too. Yeah, see what you got. You I mean, go Mitch Morrell. Yeah, I forgot about Morrell. He didn't pitch either, did he? This weekend? No. Yeah, he hasn't I mean, pitched much at all this year, has he? Just not, one appearance, I think. One or two, yeah, okay. not a lot. So I mean, you've got you've got arms. I don't know how good they are. So you've got mallets for one game, and then you've got just whomever, like the third game, second game. Excuse me. Johnson threw seventeen pitches today. So yeah, Cody, that might be an option for Wednesday. My only question is, do you want to make sure he's ready for the weekend? Yeah, I don't start. I don't start him. I mean, they they don't really use him. I guess we used him Friday night against. TCU to open the season, but other than that, he's kind of been the back end of the weekend, hasn't he? Yeah. On his appearances, because yeah. it seems like first out's always been Broadway and Miller, 
and then after that, Forsyth. Um, not Forsyth. Well, actually, we have been using him a lot. Kimbrel's the one I was thinking of, though. Hot take: Forsyth has struggled a lot too. Like I don't, he hasn't looked great. Ooh. Yeah, he's 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 looked bad. He's like with the Baker boys. <laughs> he looked real bad. I wouldn't put him oh. with the one certain Baker. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't put him with them. Well, but. they're yeah. So, from there, um, those two games on Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll touch on the Auburn series when we come back and record for Thursday's episode, but tonight we saw Ole Miss just missed the tournament in basketball, so we'll switch over to that. We're NIT bound again this year, so not where we wanted to be, per se, but number one overall seed, and frankly, Randy, it's better than what we were expecting a month and a half, two months ago. I think they got it right. I think they got it right. I don't think we were deserving of a, of a seed, of a bid. Um, you look at the teams that were ahead of us, St. Louis, they they handled LSU, and they had a good resume. They had a lot of wins in the A-10. They would have been deserving of a bid ahead of us. They also had Memphis ahead of us. I don't know. I really wish that game would have gotten played. Louisville was ahead of us. I'm If there was a team that I was griping about, if I was a fan, it'd be Louisville. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like I looked at their resume. I was like, how did Louisville not get in? And then, so, and then the last four in was uh, Michigan State, UCLA, Drake, and Wichita State. And I think those are all right. Michigan State and UCLA are two teams that I know for at least UCLA lost a ton at the end. Were really good at the beginning of the year. Hell, UCLA was ranked. Um, Wichita State just turned it on at the end. Uh, won the regular season, or at least almost won the regular season. I think they were deserving of a bid. They beat us. So you go back at the beginning of the year how we were saying we were going to regret one of these losses when we look back. Dayton, Wichita, one of those. Well, it was Wichita. Because if you beat Wichita, you're in. Wichita's looking at on the outside. Um, and then the last one was Drake. They were, I believe, in um, Loyola Chicago's league. And they both pretty much ran the table except for against each other. But uh, I don't know. I think the league got it right. They got the teams in. We definitely were deserving to be on the outside. So we get... Surprise, Louisiana Tech. <laughs> Double dipping on Louisiana Tech this week. Um, didn't watch any of them this year. Really don't know much about them. Just kind of a quick scouting look at them. It looks like they're pretty well balanced. Um, I do notice very sound defensively. So they're a little bit like us in that respect. Very good defensively. They're actually number one in their conference uh, as far as defensive efficiency. And they start a little bit on the offensive side. Um, with that, they also have a defensive, all-defense team for Conference USA on their team. Um, so we want to watch out for Kobe Williams, I think is how it's pronounced. He uh, hurt his finger for the last game of the season against North Texas. I don't, I don't have a clue if that means he's going to play against us or not. Hopefully he's fine. I don't know. Um, and then they've got two other guys on the all-fresh, one on the all-freshman and one third team. So... Doesn't sound like there's a lot of like star power there, just kind of really well balanced. But we're gonna have to watch out for them defensively. I have one thing to say, Kyle. One thing only. Number one overall seed in the tournament, baby. We did it. We did it. Number one overall seed. First time in my life. Can't believe I it. I told you at the beginning of the year we'd be a number one overall seed. I don't. I don't think you would have believed me. I would have said in the CIT. I I would have I would have said, wait, what tournament? <laughs> like, 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't know a ton about Louisiana Tech basketball. I don't watch a ton of games down in Ruston. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'll be honest. You play them three times in two different sports. If I'm if I'm given the option of two wins, I'm taking the two baseball wins and just losing that NIT game. Because, <laughs> I mean, look, I know I know why you play the NIT. I get it. It's good for the school and it's good for the team and it's good for all this. It's just disappointing. It is. It's dreadful. I'll watch just because I'm a degenerate who will watch anything with Ole Miss in it. But I don't know. It's just such a it's a bad taste in my mouth. You, you had so many chances to be in this tournament. You beat Vanderbilt there at the end. I th- honestly think you're probably in. Uh, if you beat LSU, you're guaranteed in. You'd have been a really you'd probably been a good seed, like an eight or a nine. I think yeah, probably in my opinion, probably a ten maybe, just because we were barely we were on the outside at the beginning, and I don't know if we would jump that high, but. Yeah, our resume is similar to when we were in eight seeds, so you never know. Yeah, and that, um, that's my thing. My argument, or my argument, my complaint this year is that resumes seem to not really matter as much as people thought they did. Like, Florida's resume is really, really good, and they're a seven seed. Like, that makes no sense. Ole Miss has, Ole Miss has a really good resume. They're the fourth team out. Memphis didn't even have a quad one win, and they were ahead of Ole Miss. I, yeah. It just doesn't seem like resumes mattered or as much or mattered at all. It looked more of... Yeah, it, it almost does seem just kind of like a toss-up at times. It seems like a toss-up. It seems like they're going off of something that we don't really know because net didn't seem to matter too much either. If you want the truth of it, I think the only one that I think we probably would have been more deserving of, if, if I had to choose one of the last four in, I think I would choose UCLA. Just yeah. because they've been absolute dog shit at the end of the year. They get, I think they lost something like seven of their last eight or something like that in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is not a good basketball conference at all. But they, and hey, they got that. Ole Miss won eight of the last 11. So which team would you rather have? Well, that one with that nice little blue and yellow, uh-huh. UCLA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that name recognition, man. It goes so far. It's, it's exactly what it was. It's And they had them ranked preseason, so you don't want to look too bad. God, you're going to have one of your previous preseason ranked teams not make the tournament? You've already got, what, two of them in Kentucky and Duke. So Who I figured would be the like the replacement teams. I, I really thought Duke would be like the number one replacement team just because, mm. not deservingly so, just because they felt like it, and just because yeah, because it's got the blue, blood. the blue Duke uniforms, and they're out of it. First time in 26 years, first time in my lifetime. I'm 25 years old that they have not been in the NCAA tournament. It's relieving, but it also feels weird because you're just so used to seeing them there. You know, Kentucky missed a few years ago, went to the NIT, so it doesn't feel as different seeing them not in it. But I don't know. It's it's an odd year. It's a weird year softest bubble i've seen in a long time and i'd like to see it continue what i like it not the, the blue bloods not just being the automatic all the time yeah no i mean I'll like- and, and the, only, the main reason i like it and it's not because i hate blue bloods or anything i don't like the fact that they just get handed the best recruits and then we give them all these accolades and wow aren't they so good the coaching blow it's like Come on, y'all! Look at what happened the one year we finally stopped giving them all the best recruits because the FBI dug in and got them all busted. All the blue bloods starting to trip up. They're not so good anymore. Yeah, it just I like parity. You know, parity's always fun. It's cool to see some other teams in the tournament. It's cool to see some different high seeds. Like Alabama is a two seed, and that's just something I haven't seen in a long time. And I mean, you're one seeds. You have Gonzaga, who you know they've kind of become a blue blood. To be honest, they're like they have the third. Well, they 
They got to do something in the tournament first, in my opinion. I think they win the whole thing because they're they're really good. But this is they have the third longest tournament streak. I forget what the number. I think it's like eighteen in a row or something like that. They you know they've almost become a blue blood themselves. They're a powerhouse. Michigan, a powerhouse, but I wouldn't know if I I don't know if I call Michigan a blue blood. They far exceeded expectations. I'll say they that did. Much. You know, Illinois, they're back up in there. I don't think they're really a basketball blue blood. They're good. They're, they used to be. They they, used they've to. been missing for a while. And then you've got Baylor, who, again, I don't count as a blue blood. So you really don't have a traditional blue blood one seed this year. You've got yeah. a powerhouse in Gonzaga. You've got Michigan that has, you know, played well, played above their head a little bit. Illinois, who is, you know, kind of regaining some of their strength from the past. And then you got Baylor, who have, they've played well the past few years. Now, Illinois, talking just talking about Illinois, I feel for Kansas State fans. Man, they had that they had that dude hired. I, what is his name? Underwood, head coach at Illinois. I'm, I don't know. If it's I think it's Brad Underwood for some reason. I, maybe a completely wrong name. Kansas State. No, Illinois had the Ohio guy that took him to like the Sweet Sixteen or something. He absolutely Brian Gregory, I think maybe or something. It's not him. He absolutely didn't work. I'm looking it up. I don't know who that guy is. Brad Underwood, baby, I had it right. Okay, so Brad Underwood, Illinois head coach. I believe he played for Kansas State. He did. He was an assistant coach at Kansas State too. Yeah. Okay. So he played at Kansas State for two years as a guard. He was an assistant at Kansas State. He was their associate head coach at Kansas State. Kansas State had him all but hired and decided to go with Bruce Weber. Illinois hired Underwood. Look at how god awful Kansas State is now. That team is atrocious. And oh, they lost to Texas A and M, I think. <laughs> shoot, dude, they lost like some school of the blind earlier this year. And then Illinois, they're a one seed. They're a favorite to go to the Final Four. I, I would, I would, be, I would be just jumping off a bridge if Ole Miss did that. If like Todd Abernathy becomes a Final Four head coach, I don't know what I would do. I'd be inconsolable. Yeah. But if we win, um, for our tournament chances, we get to take on the winner of St. Mary's and Western Kentucky. I don't know. Stansbury's. Yeah. Stansbury's got an NBA player on his team. Yeah, you, you could get the you could get the right to get knocked out of the tournament by Rick Stansbury. Uh, <laughs> so you know, because he's all on the up and up too. That's like playing they just Will. love. Play playing you know the NIT did this on purpose. Yeah, they put Stansbury right next to Ole Miss, and then if they win, let's give them a chance to play Mississippi State. Yeah, you know they did all that. That's why, like, I don't think State gets that far because State's not that good this year, and St. Louis is really. I, I don't think that. Yeah, I, was, I don't think they get past. St. Louis. I don't think they get past St. Louis, but I think the NIT was being a little cheeky with it and thought, oh, let's not put them together first round, but let's give them a chance. And I don't know. I mean, I do not want to play State I mean, with they, a championship. They put SMU and Memphis in the same. They put SMU and Memphis in the same bracket, so yeah. they could have done it if they wanted to. They could have, but I, think, but I don't think they want to. I think to. SMU and Memphis haven't played yet because of COVID, though, so it's not like we'd be playing State for the third time. Come on. Yeah. They, they tend to not do that with tournaments. They don't try to have first round where you're playing a team you played twice already and beat twice because you play a team a third time. It's your, your odds are not great, as proven by Tom Brady this year against the Saints. So on that note, We'll uh, we'll pretty much call it there, I think. <laughs> do you know what? To, do you know when we play um, Louisiana Tech? I have no clue. 
haven't seen it either. Let me see if I can look that up real quick. Um, I just want to say hi to everyone. Uh, I didn't really do anything. I had to run to Walmart. Okay. So, yeah. Let me just say hi. I hope everyone had a great week. I might just scrap that. But anyway. <laughs> Happiness. It would being it would kind. Be, it'd be hilarious if he just said, if just at the end of the episode, you're just like, man, I hope y'all had a great week. It's like the only contribution I made. <laughs> put it, put it in the intro. Yeah. I have All something right, I'd like uh, to say. All right, go ahead. On tournament notes, make sure you check out our Twitter account at bait, at the bait shack underscore. We have a tournament challenge running right now. If you sign up for the tournament challenge, you get one free sticker pack. If you defeat everybody in the group, you win the group at the end of the tournament, we will send you one free t-shirt. So you can head to our Twitter page that is at the bait shack underscore. Sign up there. We're using ESPN. So you can download the ESPN tournament challenge app. Sign up for that. Once you sign up, DM us your bracket name and your personal address. We will get you a free sticker pack mailed out. And if you win, we'll get you a free t-shirt mailed out. All right. Um, there you go. So fill out your bracket. Follow us at the Bait Shack. Submit. Get the free t-shirt. And on Friday night, catch us playing Louisiana Tech at 8 p.m. on ESPN2. And uh, two games this week as well against Louisiana Tech, against the Bulldogs. So that's Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, maybe I got those times. I do not have those in front of me. One is at like 2 p.m. And the other one's at 4 or 5. Or anyway, the other one's 6 p.m. I think it's 6 so and 2. One. That's right. The, the two's probably Wednesday, right? Yes. They do that so we can get, yeah. Yeah. All right. So late one Tuesday, night game, and then a early, little earlier on Wednesday. So full week full of Louisiana Tech ahead of you, and uh, we'll come back to you on Thursday, give you a little rundown for the weekend. Um, but until then, we'll see you next time.